0: welcome to another episode of the scriptural cliff note sessions hi we have a new email address and it's cliff at yahoo.com i'll say it again cliff note, one word, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A, at yahoo.com. You can send me questions, comments, concerns, or even let me know how I'm doing. Thank you. Hello everyone. From time to time, I will be uploading um, really important information to the platform for your spiritual edification. And what I'm going to call these um, little pieces of information, um, I'm going to call them scriptural jewels. So, every now and again, I will upload a scriptural jewel from someone who is um, knowledgeable in the scriptures to give you some information for your edification. So, enjoy.
1: Shabbat shalom everybody.
2: Shabbat Shalom. Um,
1: today's lesson is going to be um, a little bit different now. We're going to cover um, a very controversial subject. And it's um, the subject is titled The Rapture. Uh, the Rapture Explained. And um, this is one topic that I got to tell you. I've spent years studying this topic. As a matter of fact, I spent years debating over and over different people on YouTube and just period about whether there's a pre-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, and just going back and forth about it. I'm here to tell you that there are probably 25,000 videos on YouTube alone about the rapture. So, That tells you right there that it's a lot of controversial stuff about it. So we're going to try to get to the bottom of it. We want to know if the rapture is real. Is it really in the scriptures? Uh, Where did the term come from? Uh, When did uh, the doctrine of the rapture first show up? And we're going to cover a lot of these different issues. One thing that I had to do in order to get good understanding on this subject was to pray and fast. For years, I've studied the subject, and I just found that it's it's a mystery. That's why you got so many things that's being said about it. People are all over the place about it. It's a mystery that needs to be revealed. And I prove to you it's a mystery because it says it right in that passage. This is a mystery, okay? Um, I want to first of all say this: that you need to be open-minded, okay? Everyone out there that's listening to this, be open-minded. One thing I want to say is that, let's say that um, you get several uh, people that's teaching on the internet various topics, okay? They may have one item that you might not agree with. They may have two or three things you might not agree with, but everybody has some truth and everybody may be a little off in a doctrine or two. Now... What makes you, you powerful is if you're wise enough to be able to listen to a person and study the scripture and determine or not whether that person is telling the truth through seeking the word and seeking the most high and, and just studying the scriptures. Because what happens is you'll become wiser than all the teachers because you're not closed in, in a box. You're open minded so that you can receive from other people when they try to tell you certain things. So, let's keep that in mind. Let's be open-minded. Let's be like the wise man. The scripture says that a wise man will what? Hmm? What will a wise man do? Hear. Hear. A wise man will hearken and he will gather understanding. He will gather teaching. He will gather knowledge and instruction. That's a wise man. Okay? So, now, first of all, I want to cover Wikipedia's definition of the rapture. Okay? So, let's go to Wikipedia here. And this is what it says about the rapture. Okay, rapture is a term in Christianity echatology, which refers to being caught up, discussed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, when the dead in Christ, which and we who are alive remain, will be caught up in the clouds to meet uh, the master in the air. So this is actually where they're getting... Um, this term rapture from okay the word itself is not in the scriptures from cover to cover you're not going to find the word rapture okay so where does this word come from i'm going to cover that a little bit later on but i want to cover this first is the three um basic reasons why most hebrew israelites do not agree with the rapture okay one of the reasons is because of the way christians portray the rapture with their movies and their books. There's a book called The Rapture that sold millions of copies, okay? There's movies about the rapture, and it's about these Christians who all get caught away in airplanes that like crash and all this mumble-jumble, and, and they just, a, yeah, Left Behind series, all of that kind <laughs> of stuff, all deals with the rapture, okay? And I can understand why most Hebrew Israelites would turn their back on something like that because it's all just falsism. Okay?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, It is definitely falsism. Okay? The doctrine, another point, the doctrine seems to originate
3: from Christians. Yeah. So, of
1: course, if you're a Hebrew Israelite, you're seeking the truth, you want to keep, you're trying to keep away from Christian doctrines as possible. Okay? But does that mean all of Christian doctrines are off? No, No, because there's some Christian doctrines that are pretty much sound in in the scriptures. They're just getting it from our word and twisting it. (laughs) There There you go. They're getting it from our word and twisting it. Exactly. And another reason why most Hebrews keep away from it is this guy called William Miller. Okay, I don't know if you remember the story about William Miller, but back in the 1800s, I think it was around 1844, William Miller made uh, uh, claim that he knew the date that the Messiah was going to come back Okay, of course it was Jesus Christ as he knew the date that Jesus Christ was going to come back And he set up this date and told everything sent out um, um, uh, Papers about it and all these people were expecting the most high to come and he didn't come so
3: he gave him ascension rose <laughs> Yeah,
1: so what he did was he went and he reevaluated his um dates and re- and came up with a new date Okay, this time he said he's gonna come back at this particular place and everybody was met at this place They had their Ascension robes on and and they waited there And He said this day for sure when midnight came that day and nothing happened. He had to rethink things Okay, well that was the birth of the rapture theory Everybody pretty much jumped on bandwagon behind him because he got so much publicity Talking about the rapture okay, this William Miller guy. Okay, he was actually he was the reason for the rise of the um, Advent moment. Okay? Advent moment was basically, I'll read this here. It says uh, Adventism is a Christian movement which began in the, in the 19th century. <coughs> it was basically uh, 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 dealing with the end times. Everybody looking at the end times trying to determine when the Most High was, and His Son was going to come back, basically, when the Messiah was going to come back. So He was the start of all of this kind of stuff, okay? So um, basically, the rapture is actually only based on one or two scriptures in the, in the in the Bible. But there are other scriptures later on. Other Christians and pastors and leaders began to um, uh, incorporate other scriptures into this this um, teaching. So now we're going to look at this entirely and see if we can determine whether these teachings are false or if they're correct, and we're going to come from the Word. So get your scriptures out, and let's look at this thing, okay? Let's start with the word um, rapture, okay? Where did the term rapture come from, okay? The term rapture is actually a, a Latin term. It came from a Latin word called rapio, rapio, okay? It took the word Caught up and translated into Latin, and that's how you get rapio. Okay, so then they got the word rapture. Okay, um, but the term caught up is in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So if I were to say there's no rapture, okay, no rapture according to the way that Christians believe, that's true. But is there a catching away in the scriptures? Many, many. That's right. There are catching away in the scriptures. There have been several catching away of the script in the scriptures. Okay. Elijah. That's right. And matter of fact, Elijah was caught away. Uh you remember Philip in the book of Acts. Wasn't he caught up? He didn't get caught up to heaven, but he got caught up and the scripture actually used the term caught up. And as a matter of fact, we're gonna take a moment, we're gonna to go to that scripture. Okay, turn to Acts. Okay, um uh, basically what I'm gonna do here now is I'm gonna take a moment and go over some of the scriptures that actually that I actually named in the old testament and the New Testament that mentions Something similar to being caught up or same thing pretty much. Okay. Um, the scripture says Enoch was caught up. Okay. But Yah took him is what the scripture says. So we know that happened with Enoch. Okay. Um, Elijah in 2nd Kings chapter 2, uh, verse 2 and 11, it mentions that Elijah was caught up. Okay. It says Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Okay. Um, another one is in uh, Matthew. Okay, it says here that all of those, um, yeah, let me see. And I'm not going to cover the one of Matthew. Okay, Acts chapter 8, verse 39. It says, Philip was caught up. And it says, when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of yah caught away philip okay and philip it took philip where they take him to heaven It actually took him to another place so then that's a catching away right okay in um acts chapter 1 verse 9 11 yahshua was caught up did he get caught up into a cloud when he was yet talking with the disciples okay also we hear in in, um uh, corinthians chapter 2 verse 2 I'm sorry 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 Paul said that he knew a person Listen to what he says here he says I knew a man above 14 years ago whether in the body I cannot tell whether out of the body I cannot tell y'all such a one to be caught up to the third heaven and I knew such a man whether in the body or out of the body I could not tell y'all how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable th- unspeakable things which are not lawful for man to utter. Hmm. So what does that tell you then? That it tells you that there are multiple catching away of people and groups even. Mm-hmm. So we can't sit here and say that uh Yah doesn't do this or he's never done it before. He has caught people up before. So and 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 get this here. We can't sit here and say that, yeah, but they're all recorded in the scripture. Well, what if Paul hadn't said nothing to no one? No one would know it, right? Mm -hmm. If he hadn't testified of it, it would have been a secret, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, let's keep that in mind. Just trying to get you to be open-minded here, okay? Now, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians Chapter 4, verse 17, it says the body of Yahshua will be caught up. And they which are alive and remain shall be caught up uh, with them in the cloud to meet Yahshua in the air. Okay, so we know based on these passages that there are multiple catching away. Now let's look at future catching away. That's one that's future. Here's another one that's a future catching away. Okay, you know the two prophets?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what does the scripture say happened to them? They get killed in the streets, they the lay in the streets for a few days, and then what happens? That life comes back to them, and then what do they do? They get up and they get right, caught right up into the heavens. Yep. Okay, so basically it's, it's multiple catching away in the scripture, but we're trying to determine if this one that the Christians are talking about the rapture How true is some of the stuff that they're saying versus pre-tribulation post-tribulation and all of that uh, type of stuff So let's dive right into this right now. So Now that we know the term rapture isn't in the scriptures, we know what's in the scripture.
2: Catching away or caught up. Or caught up.
1: Catching away or caught up. Let's keep that in mind. So now henceforth, we're not going to use the term rapture. Because that may bother some of my listeners. They don't like that term at all. Mm -hmm. Because they know where it comes from, basically. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the catching away of believers, okay? that's going to happen in the future. Is this possible? And when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? We're going to cover that now. Okay. Basically, there are two different views. Okay. You have your pre-tribulation rapture, which means the rapture is going to take place before what has been known to as most Christians as a tribulation period. Okay. Now, um, I think we can safely say there is a tribulation period. How long it's going to be whether we're in it now or not That's a subject that needs to be debated, but let's just cover what we're talking about in the pre-tribulation rapture Okay, is there a pre-tribulation rapture? You got the mid-tribulation rapture and you got the post-tribulation rapture, right?
2: Catching away. Catching away. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> we want to use catching away. Okay, so now let's look at this for a minute. Okay, so Let's first look at the pre-tribulation rapture, or catching away. Pre-tribulation, catching away, to see if there are holes in what they believe. Okay, so the first one that we're going to cover, the first scripture that they use to um, uh, say that the rapture is pre-tribulation is 1 Corinthians. So y'all turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15.
4: Behold, I tell you, mystery we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed.
1: Okay, now this is the one scripture that the pre-tribulation um, caught away believers uh, like to use 1st Corinthians 15 verse 51 52 but I show you a mystery so first of all I want you to keep this in mind I said this before this is a mystery right so you got to keep it in your mind this is going to be easily seen this is a mystery okay he said that we all we shall not all sleep but we ...shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, at when? When? When is this going to take place? The last trump. At the last trump. trump. What trumps are it referring to? Those in Revelations. Those in Revelations, exactly. So, at the last trump, at the last trump, which means we're at the end of the tribulation, the plagues have fallen, and guess what? The trump is going to sound, the last trump is going to sound, and that's when the dead in Yahshua are going to rise. So then, this cannot be pre-tribulation. So them using that scripture, this is a major uh, flaw in their doctrine. Major hole in their doctrine. Major hole in their doctrine, that's right. Uh, The next one is 1 Thessalonians. Uh, Elijah, I'm going to let you read this one. 1 Thessalonians. What chapter? Chapter 4, verse 16 and
3: 17 for the Most High himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of Yah, and the dead in Yahshua shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet Yah in the air. And so shall we ever be with Yah. Okay,
1: now notice it mentions the trump again. So these two scriptures are actually identical, okay? Mm -hmm. So they can't claim that this is pre-tribulation, rapture, or caught away, okay? So basically, this is a hole in their doctrine, total big hole, okay? Uh, Now, let's look at Matthew. Here's another one. I'm going to let you read this one. This is chapter 24, Matthew 24, verse 29 through 31.
2: Immediately after the tribulation of those days, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other.
1: Okay, now what does that tell you? Same thing. What do you see? The trump of Yah. You see it's afterward. What does it say straight away? It says immediately after the tribulation of those days. When what's going to happen after the tribulation of those days. It says the stars are going to fall from the heavens. So all of this stuff is going on. And then that's when you should look up and you will see the son of man coming in the clouds and then the angels are going to what sound the trumpet. See the last trump again. These three scriptures they like to use but these three scriptures put a huge hole in pre-tribulation caught away believers. Okay. It puts a hole in their doctrine. Okay. So now does this tell you that the pre-tribulation is completely a false doctrine? No, it just tells you that the scriptures they're using for it it. won't support it. Exactly, can't support it. So now let's look into the um, post-tribulations doctrine and what they believe. Okay, post-tribulation called away doctrine are as follows. Okay, now I want you to think about this here. Okay, now why would Yahshua make this statement If the entire body of Yahshua were to be caught up at one time. Why would he make this statement? It says here in Luke. Now turn to Luke chapter 21, verse 34 and 36. And I'm going to read this one. Luke chapter 21, verse 34 and 36. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with sophriading and drunkenness. And the cares of this life so that that day come upon you in unawares but as a snare it shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth watch ye therefore and pray always that ye be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man so now let's look at this here why would he tell you if they all were to be caught away at the same time that there are those that can what escape the tribulation. He tells them to do what. He says what.
2: Pray that you are accounted worthy. Count it
1: worthy. Now you got to ask yourself. There's only two ways to escape the tribulation. Only two ways to escape it. See, we're talking about escape because that's what he said. We're talking about escape. Okay. So now, what two ways are there? Either you, either it's death. You gotta say either it's death or how.
2: Catching away a catching away
1: why because first of all, you know, he can't be telling you to pray for death mm-hmm. That would make sense. He's telling you to pray for death So he's saying that you need to pray that you are counted worthy to escape it mm-hmm. He didn't say endure it mm-hmm. be here and endure it. He said escape it mm-hmm. So let's keep that in mind. Okay. So then this puts a hole in the post tribulations theory. Okay? Let's look at another thing. One thing that I like to bring up about the post-tribulation uh, theory is, is the language. Think about the language of certain scriptures that are made. Okay? The language does not line up with post-tribulation believers' uh, uh, away theory. It just doesn't line up. Now, let's look at this one language here. Look at this language here. He said, Yahshua made this statement himself, okay? Listen to this statement, okay? This is in Revelations chapter 16, verse 15. Let's go to Revelations chapter 16, verse 15. And Deborah, I'm going to let you read that. 15 chapter 16 verse 15.
2: 15. behold i come as a thief blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments lest he walk naked and they shall see his shame
1: okay how's he coming as a thief okay as a thief now let me ask you this question you ever see a thief that comes and he sounds a great Huh? No. You ever see a thief show up an- announced, uh-huh. huh? He's going to yeah, announce the day he's coming.
3: Ambush.
1: Huh? OK, so now that's what I mean by the language. He said, I come as a thief. So in other words, when he comes as a thief, it's going to catch people off guard. Now, if post-tribulation were the key, was is when actually catching away was going to take place, then a person would have to just actually just sit back and just wait for all of the trumps to get blown. You know, the scripture tells you what trunks are going to get blown. So and all the chaos. When the earthquake happened, he said, well, I still got a little more time. I still got to wait on the, the water to turn red. I got to wait on this to happen. I got to wait on that to happen. And, you know what I mean? A person can literally just sit there and wait, you see? But basically, he said, I'm coming as a thief, okay? As a thief in the night. It's going to catch people completely off guard, okay? Now, let's look at the rest of the language, okay? Let's look at the terms that are being used here. I'm gonna show you something else here. Now, <clears throat> um, the word says in Matthew, chapter 25, verse 13. Listen to this. It says, watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. So he's telling you other words, it goes right along with the thief thing, right? Mm-hmm. So to only believe that it's it's only post-tribulation, is just isn't lining up. Matter of fact, he even tells you in Matthew, it says when you see the stars fall from the sun, from the sky and all of a sudden, he said, look up. Why? Well, your redemption draws <laughs> night. Yeah, the redemption draws tonight. So he tells you right in the there to look up. Look, look up when you see the stars falling from the sky and this is happening, that happening, he's saying what? okay he's not finished. near this near so then we gotta look at the terminology here let's look at one more i'm gonna give you one more now this one is a doozy okay um eliah i'm gonna let you read this this is luke chapter 17. let's go to luke chapter 17.
3: chapter 17. verse 26 through 28. <gasps> And it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given into marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it.
1: Now listen to the terminology. Here. So he's telling you, just like it was in the days, same thing gonna be going on in the last days. In other words, people are gonna be building and planning. Oh uh, uh, wait, getting married, <laughs> getting married. Like, wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. According to the first three scriptures we read about the about the rapture, oh, who gonna be the yeah the catching away? Who's going to be planning and building a house? You know, when a the great earthquake years. is happening stars fall from the skies you and get all this chaos, life. who's going to be getting married and planning their life? So then we got to look at the terminology here then, of course. The scripture is letting you know that there's two things got to be going on here. Two different things going on here, okay? Because it's impossible to be like the days of Noah or like the days of, of Lot, okay? If it's all going to only take place when? when the last trump sound, when all chaos is happening, okay? Scripture even makes it clear that two going to be grinding at the mill. we going to be out there doing some laundry. When the scripture say the sun is going to be scorching men and, and and all these different events are going to take place, we will going to be out there grinding at the mill and doing all of this stuff. It's going to be chaos, okay? So then so this
2: is two different time frames. It's two different
1: time frames we're talking about here then. So now we get into the nitty-gritty of this whole thing here. Okay, so now we have holes in both theories and the mid-tribulation theory is pretty much lining up with those two. So there are holes in all three basically. Okay, does that mean that all three doctrines are wrong? Only to a certain degree. Not necessarily. Okay, that's right. We have to keep in mind that the doctrines are wrong because of the scriptures that are used to support these doctrines, okay? But let's look at what the Word says. We're going to go to the Word and we're going to look at these issues and we're going to see whether or not there is anything that can possibly take place in these last days that resemble the pre-tribulation catching away or the post-tribulation catching away or what have you, okay? Now, let's first go to this here. This is very important, okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter 25, and let's look at this scripture here, okay? Matthew chapter 25. I think this will kind of explain things. Before y'all, want you to read the story of the parable of the ten virgins there, just the entire story.
2: Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarrieth, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answereth, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy yourselves. Buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut.
1: Okay. Was there more to mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm.
2: Afterward came also the other version saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Or Master, Master, open unto us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh.
1: Okay. Now, the this story of the virgins, believe it or not, it's very crucial to understanding the catching away. Okay, and I'll tell you how it's so crucial. First of all, what's going on in the story? You have five, 10 virgins actually is waiting for their master to come, okay? He's coming to get them, right? Where is he coming? To, he's coming to get them, and where is he going to take them to? What, where, what is he going to take them to?
3: A wedding.
1: A wedding. What wedding? The marriage supper, the marriage of, the supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, now keep in mind, this is crucial. He's coming to get the bride to take her to the marriage take supper. Her
2: to the marriage supper. To the
1: marriage supper of the Lamb, okay? Now, let's look at this scripture here in Luke. Uh, Elijah, I'm going to let you read this one. Luke chapter 12, verse 36. Okay. Chapter 12. That's right. Verse 36.
3: May ye like yourselves unto the men that wait for their Yah, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately.
1: Okay. Now, did you hear what it just said there? Did you hear what it just said? It says, like unto those that are waiting for what? Their master to return from where?
2: From the wedding.
1: Wait a minute. From the wedding? Turns on the wedding feast. So in one passage, Mm -hmm. he's coming to get his bride to take her to the wedding. And in this passage, he's coming from the wedding to get those that are waiting. Mm. The key is the marriage supper of the Lamb. When does the marriage supper of the Lamb take place? Well, the thing is, the marriage supper of the Lamb, if you read in Revelations, in the 19th chapter of Revelations, what do you have here? Somebody go to the Revelations chapter 9, chapter 19 for me. And <clears throat> Deboriah, I'm going to let you read verse 6 through 10. 19, verse 6 through 10.
2: And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for Yah omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she would be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right. blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of Yah. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Yahshua. Worship God for the testimony of Yahshua is the spirit of prophecy.
1: Okay. Now, (laughs) this is the marriage supper of the Lamb that's taking place, right? They're in heaven and... Who else is in heaven with them? The bride. <laughs> here we got the bride in heaven. Now, what happens immediately after this? Here, verse ten. Let's look at verse eleven. And he says, "And I saw open, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and righteousness do if he judge and maketh war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and he had written on his thigh, and he had written." That no man a name that no man knew, but he himself, and he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of of Yah. And the armies of which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes uh, a sharp sword. And with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron, and tread the winepress in the fierceness of his wrath. So now, Yahshua is returning to the earth. After the marriage supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wait a minute. You can't have a marriage supper of the Lamb without the bride, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she must be up there first. If he's coming back now, and the marriage supper is taking place in heaven, mm-hmm then what happens because we know after after keep in mind what i'm talking about here after he comes back the marriage supper doesn't take place on earth it doesn't take place he got he got killing the dude <laughs> he's going to come back first and he's going to do what he's going to destroy all those nations he's going to cleanse the earth and then what the scripture says is going to be bodies that need to be buried it's going to take them months and mentions in the scriptures. For them to bury all the bodies and then he's going to do a set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. So when is the marriage supper going to take place? You see, it takes place in heaven. You see? Now, how did they get there? (laughs) (laughs) If there is no pre-tribulation, if there is not a rapture that takes place before, Or or catching away, then how is it? That the bride is in heaven at the marriage supper of the man before he even returns and comes back with him Yeah, they come back with him exactly. So now we got to look deeper into this. Okay, so one passage we see We see what let's look at that passage again. Okay, let's look at it one more time Here's another one. I'm gonna give you this one here. Look at this scripture here Matthew chapter 22 Okay Uh, Verse 1 through 14. I'm gonna actually read this one here because this one here is, um, uh, I just really want to hit the, the main verse here. But it says the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth servants and called them that were bidden to the marriage, to the marriage, to the wedding. But they would not come. So what? See here it is again. He's bidding them to come to the marriage, to the wedding of his son. You see? So, you got two different things going on here. You see, in one passage, he's saying that, oh, I'm coming to take my bride to the wedding. In the other passage, he's coming back from the wedding to get those that were, what? That remain. <laughs> those that remain shall what? Be caught up. You see how it makes sense now? Those that remain should be caught up. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, how about this? How about we do this here? Let's see if there's any scriptures that help validate what I'm saying here. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because if what I'm saying doesn't line up, then it'll throw things off. Or it will fit like a piece of puzzle. Okay? So now, let's go to other scriptures now. Let's go and see what um, the scripture says, okay? Now, I'm gonna cover this last little part here because one thing I want you to keep in mind is that the scripture mentions that this is a mystery when it talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Okay, so now let's cover this next part of it. Now, what what I, I was used to um, debate so much on the internet with different people about this particular subject, and one day I decided to pray because then I began to see, it was just odd to me, I began to see both both uh, views. I began to see how each view had holes in it, and I begin to see how um, each view had some truth. So I said, well, wait a minute, there's something going on here because it would seem almost like contradiction. One thing I've learned over the years is that when you have Two things that seem to collide, and there's a good amount of scripture to validate both, then they both must be true. Mm -hmm. You just got to figure out how these two come together, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how they come together, because believe it or not, it is a mystery. I had to pray for this thing. I had to pray and fast. I actually prayed and fasted for some time to get the understanding on this, because it just seemed like it was too many different teachings going forth about it. But the Most High gave me a mystery, a key, a key to understanding this mystery, okay? The key to understanding the mystery is the harvest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The harvest is the key, yes. okay? Let's go to the harvest in Matthew chapter 13, okay? <clears throat> and, Mama, I'm going to let you read that scripture. Okay.
3: Matthew this is 13. Matthew
1: chapter 13, that's right. right. Matthew
3: chapter
1: 13 verse 24 through
4: 30 30 Yahshua presented another parable to them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field but while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away but when the wheat sprouted and bore grain Then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, for while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them into bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn.
1: Okay, now,
4: (laughs) this is the, the key
1: to understanding this mystery of the catching away, okay. Now, notice what he says here. He says that, let's let the two grow together. So he's talking about the harvest time. The harvest time he's referring to, actually he's talking about when the end time is going to come and he's going to gather his people safely and the rest he's going to burn them basically. Okay. Now, this is a parable he gives though, but actually the harvest of the Old Testament, of the Torah, Actually gives you a clue. It's the key to understanding this mystery. So let's do that right now Let's go to the harvest that's in the Torah and see how the harvest took place in the Torah Okay, let's go to Numbers chapter 18 Numbers chapter 18 and I'm gonna read this one for you verse 13 18 verse 13 Okay, let's look at this very carefully here Okay now, it's talking about the harvest, okay? And this is what he says, okay? We could go a little further back, because uh, I know a lot of you like don't like us to just read on uh, one scripture, but you can read it for yourself. It's basically talking about the harvest. And you can start at verse 12 here. It says, All the best of oil, and all the best of wine, and of wheat, and the first fruits of them which they shall offer unto Yah, them have I given thee and whatsoever is first right in the land, which they shall bring unto YAH shall be thine. Every one that is clean in thine house shall eat thereof. So now, picture this. There's the harvest that takes place, right? And, but before the harvest takes place, he looks out into the field and he notices that some of them are getting ripe a little early. These are called the first fruits. What does he do? He sends his reapers out to gather what? The first fruits. And where does he take the first fruits?
2: To the master's house. To the
1: master's house for consumption. Mm, the first fruits. Okay. Now, once the season become full, okay? And the time of reaping, the ingathering of the entire crops come along, then they go and they gather all of the crops. But first they gather those first fruits. Mm -hmm. They are those that were what? Ready. Ripe and ready. Ripe and ready. Exactly. Now, let's look at this scripture here in Exodus and see if it kind of gives us that understanding here. This is Exodus chapter 23. And we're gonna look at verse... Fifteen through nineteen, Elijah. I'm gonna let you read it. Fifteen through. Okay, I'll read. Start at verse fourteen. Fourteen through nineteen.
3: Okay. Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days, as I commanded thee. In the time appointed of the month of Abib, for in it thou camest out from egypt and none shall appear before me empty In the fear in the feast of the harvest the first fruits of thy labor which thou hast sown in the field in the feast of ingathering which is at the end of the year when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field three times in the year all thy males shall appear before Yah thy God, thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with unleavened bread, neither shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. The first of the first fruits of thy land shalt thou bring into the house of Yah thy God. Thou shalt not seethe a kid in his mother's milk.
1: Okay. Now, are you seeing this here? You see, he notice... He mentions the first fruits you gather those first fruits and then he said what the end gathering See he talks about the in gathering So basically when I look this up in the, in the Torah and I had the chance to look up some of the words and how this should have been actually read uh, verse 20 verse 16 is the key verse here because verse 16 it reads um, if you see here verse 16 it says and the feast of harvest the first fruits of thy labors It should have said. It should say also keep the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors. Okay, then it says, um, though the first fruits of your produce that you planted in the field, there is also a harvest festival or an in gathering. Mm -hmm. See, but it makes it, it King James. Language makes it read; it reads it almost like it's one big harvest. That's what people are missing. This, but it's actually that's why he said three. Mm-hmm. It's three different ones. The first fruit, This is the end gathering. Mm-hmm. You see, so keep that in mind. This is the this is the passage that reveals to you how the rapture, or shall I say, how the catching away is going to take place in mm-hmm. the end days. Okay, mm-hmm. the catching away of his believers. Okay, it's all revealed in what the harvest. Mm -hmm. The harvest lets you see it, okay? Mm -hmm. Because then it makes sense. It lines up with what? The gathering of the first fruits who are taken to the house of Yah. Mm -hmm. So in other words, Yahshua does not come back and meet them in the clouds. You see that? Mm -hmm. He doesn't come back at all. He's in the kingdom. They are simply translated and captured away, caught away up to the throne. To the marriage. To the Uh marriage Supper of the Lamb. That's right. Then he comes back in the air. And those that remain after the marriage Supper of the Lamb are what? Caught up. To meet them in the air. To meet them in the air. That's right. So now you see. And that's not to go to heaven either. That's right. So now let's look at this now. So now I'm going to end Mm -hmm. it with this here. Because the next part of it is going to get even deeper. Because there's more to this that actually reveals the truth to you. It explains what's going to happen in the last days with the with the first fruit gathering and the end gathering okay because this is very crucial that you understand there's more scriptures that explains this and it all makes sense and this is why I used to debate with so many of the people one guy forgot what his name Paul um I forgot what his name I used to debate with this one guy he's real known got a book out on the about the rapture on uh, on the internet and this guy he me and him we debated a little bit. But I posed some questions to him. He never did answer those questions. Matter of fact, he he got, he got away from me. <laughs> Cause he couldn't answer the questions. You know, and he just stopped stopped um, um uh, corresponding with me. And that's the point. That's because it the way that people teach this today is all mumble jumble with the Christian junk. And I gotta I gotta be honest with you, okay? When the first roots gathering take place. Don't get confused. It ain't going to be a bunch of Christians. <laughs> like in Left Behind series. And like in the Rapture series. And millions all these, of people vanishing. It ain't going to be gonna no be millions of people vanishing. And airplanes falling yeah. out of the sky. No, there ain't going to be nothing like that. Who is he coming to get? Who are the first fruits? i tell you who they are. The
2: house of Israel. i tell
1: you who they are. If you look in the scripture. The scripture tells you that the first fruits. Are the five wise virgins. Mm-hmm. So if you're not lining up with these five wise virgins, you can forget it. It tells you what they had. Read the passage. It tells you in that passage what they had and what they were missing. It tells you the one thing that the foolish were missing. Okay, it tells you what they were missing. Okay, and that's why they were, did not go with him. Um, Explaining the rapture, we call it the, the catching away. The caught away is what the scripture, caught up is what the scripture actually, um, words it really use, but Christians turn it into some rapture event that's going to happen and people's going to be vanishing all over the world, planes and cars going to be crashing, there ain't going to be none of that because ain't going to be that many people. <laughs> so, for those that actually think that that's how it's going to go down, it's not going to go down like that, okay? It's not going to be like the rapture, the movies, um... What was the name of the movie?
2: Left Behind. Left
1: Behind series. It's not going to be like the Left Behind series where you get all these Christians to get left behind, and you get millions of Christians get raptured up into the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to be that way. Most of your Christians that you see will not, will not be a part of the catching away, and and it's basically because they are Christians. I know that's a shocker, isn't it? Christians got... It's ironic. That's right. It's. It's. They won't be getting caught away. They won't be getting caught away because they're too much caught up into Babylon, the Catholic Church. They too caught up into this um, um teaching of Christianity that have gone forth is too is riddled with lies and no one really wants the truth. So, there it is. But anyway, we're gonna finish covering this uh, thing about um, the rapture. I'm gonna call it uh, caught up. Okay. Um, Just to give you a recap, uh, we talked. The last thing we talked about was basically um, um, the the harvest, how the harvest was gonna come forth, and um, in the last days, and how the Most High, uh, then the harvest of the Torah. You see that there was the gathering of the first fruits, and those first fruits. And, and, and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about view the first of this series and we get into those scriptures about the first fruits but anyway he gathers the first fruits and then at the end of the season he has the in gathering of all that have become ripe in the, in, the, in the garden of yah basically okay so now we're gonna talk a little bit about who are these that are first gathered okay who are they? A remnant. A remnant. That's right. It is a remnant. They are actually called the bride of Yah. Okay. Or the bride of Yah, Yah, Yahoshua. Okay. Um, these are the only ones that will take part in the marriage supper of the Lamb. As I discussed before, they are um, caught up to the throne to the Merit Supper of the Lamb as you see in Revelations, where are they? They're already in heaven as Yahshua begins to come back the Merit Supper of the Lamb takes first place uh, takes place first then what happens Yahshua and his bride is coming back with tens of thousands he's coming back with tens of thousands of saints and angels upon the earth for what purpose? to do battle yeah. Okay. that's when the dead and Yahshua is going to rise and And they which are still remain will be caught up. That's when all of that takes place. Okay. So now. The post tribulation. um, Caught away believers. Have totally ignored language. The language of the last days. Now if you ignore the language. It's very hard to see the point that I'm trying to make here. But let's look at some of these scriptures and let's look at this language here. Okay, let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Elijah. I'm going to have you read verse 26 through 28.
3: And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, and were given into marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they did drink, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of, of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven, and destroyed them all.
1: Okay, so now... Look at the language that's being spoken here. It's talking about our days being just like the days of who? Noah. And Lot. And Lot, exactly. Was there any signs beforehand or did this all just take place right in the middle of while everybody was just enjoying life? No signs. No signs whatsoever.
2: Only the words of the,
1: the man. Only the words of Noah. That's right. So now you think about what's going on here. It said just like in those days, people are going to be living everyday life when it starts. Everyday life. That means people are going to be building, planting. Um, it said they're going to be, um, uh, the in scripture Mary. says it's going to be two at the mill, grinding at the mill. Now let's be honest and think about the language, right? In the time that Yahshua comes back, in, in Matthew where it talks about, what does it say? It says, stars falling from the sky, men's hearts fail, failing them with fear, huh? all of this destruction coming on the earth, and then he says, look up, your redemption drop nigh. So look up. When you see all this destruction going on on the earth, then look up. See, that's different than what's being spoken of here. You see, so then it's letting you know that it's going to start here, But it's going to end there. Mm -hmm. You see the difference? Two different things that's going to happen here. Okay? Mm -hmm. So now, let's look more into this language. Okay? The language literally dictates that it's going to be life as usual. When the first catching away happens. And then that's when the tribulation is going to take place. Now, I got scriptures to back it up. And I'm going to show you these scriptures. Okay? I want you to look at this. Okay? But let's go to... um, Uh, Revelations chapter 15 and let's look at I'm sorry Revelations chapter 6 and let's look at this scripture here and mom I'm going to have you read this one this is Revelations chapter 6 and you're going to read verse 15 through 17
4: then the kings of the earth that right yes then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains and they said to the mountains and to the rocks fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who is
1: able to stand? Now see you referring to what? The day of Yah's wrath is coming right? The end days. The day of his wrath is coming. And when the day of his wrath comes what's going to happen? Huh?
4: Perish.
1: That's right. Rocks are going to be falling and if people are going to perish. People are going to be hiding themselves in their bunkers you see. They're going to be hiding themselves and they're going to they're gonna know that it's Yah's wrath. So, it's totally different than the language that we look at in the other passage. Notice he says, Behold, I come as a thief. So, when he comes, he's not going to blow a trumpet. See, all of this stuff is going to take place first. The, uh, the, notice, the rocks are going to, um, uh, mountains and, and stuff are going to be caving in. There's going to be earthquakes all over the earth. Before Yahshua physically comes in the cloud and every eye see him, All of this turmoil is going to happen on the earth first. Well, that would be like blowing a trumpet. (laughs) That would be like a thief letting you know, hey, I'm coming. You see what I mean? So when he says I come as a thief, he's referring to when he's going to catch away the first fruits. Now, let's look more into this. Okay, Uh, let's go to back to Luke. Okay, we're going to look at Luke chapter 17, verse 34 through 36. Uh, Sophia, I'm going to have you read it. Luke chapter 17. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to have... Mama, let me ask you a question. In your Bible, Mm -hmm. verse 34 there... Does it mention bed?
4: Yeah, it says, I tell you on that night there will be two in one bed.
1: Okay, good. I'm going to have you read okay. <laughs> that passage. You read verse 34 through 36.
4: Okay. I tell you on that night there will be two in one bed, and one will be taken, and the other will be left. There will be two women to at the same place. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Okay. Two men will be in the field and one will be taken and the other will
1: be left. Okay, now the reason why I had her read it from her Bible, and I'll tell you why. This is just another proof of how <laughs> wicked these people are that wrote that that did the translation of the scriptures, right? It says in my Bible here, this is a King James Version here, okay? Keyword strongs, okay. It says, I tell you that in in that night. There will be two men in one bed, and one shall be taken and the other left.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh-huh.
1: Now, are you ready for this? That word "men" is in italics. That means they, they added, added that, that word. Ain't that
2: something? Huh? Mm-hmm.
1: Two no, men in no. a bed. You see how nasty these people are that did the translation. You want to tra- You want to trust every word of your translation? of this translation in the oh, so hands King of these
2: version.
1: yeah you know these, these people are you'll, you gotta understand you gotta look beyond some of these words here I'm, I'm quite sure that's one of the gay's favorites yeah see <laughs>
2: there's gonna be two portable, men and one bait.
1: exactly exactly that's right so you know they put all of that there um, in this scripture here the next verse it says two women that women is italics also and the other verse which says two men should be grinding in field that's also italics it probably just says there will be two in the field like her said. Two will be grinding at the mill. One will be taking the other left. But anyway, um, I said that to say this, okay? Everyday life. You see that? It's going to be everyday life when one is taken and the other left. And I've heard theories from a lot of you post-tribulation believers. You're saying that that's because the destruction is going to take one and the other one is going to be left. Okay. So you mean to tell me you got two righteous, people. you got a righteous person and an unrighteous person standing on the ground there. An earthquake gonna open up and just swallow up only one of them. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or the meteor gonna fall and bam smite the ground. It's gonna only get one of them, right? See, that doesn't make sense. It ain't gonna happen like that. You know why that don't make sense? Because according to the scripture, He's gonna remove His people so they don't get caught up in this in His wrath. Oh, now where is that at? I'm going to show you that scripture. Remember, the scripture also says that we're not appointed to what? Wrath. Wrath. That's right. We're not appointed to wrath. Okay? So now, I'm going to show you the scripture where it talks about how he's going to remove us from from this destruction as it begins to come. Okay? So now, let's keep looking at the language here. Let's stick on this language. Stay on this language. Okay? Now, um, let's go to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. That I'll probably have you read this one. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5. Okay. And I want you to read verse. We're going to start at verse 1 through. what?
3: Let me know. The times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that day of Yah so cometh as a thief in the night. So for when ye shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that they should overtake you as a thief. Okay,
1: to- that's good. Now, you hear what it said there? It said people are going to be peace and safety. In other words, it's going to be peace and safety before the destruction comes. There's going to be peace and safety. And then he says, what's going to happen? Then sudden destruction cometh as the travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Okay, now, keep that in mind. It said what? Like a woman with child, like a woman that's travailing with child, right? Don't forget that passage, what it said, like a woman travailing with child, because this next passage that I'm gonna end up going through, let me see where I am here, and I'll let you know. We're gonna uh, okay, it's shortly. I'm gonna cover a couple more scriptures. But I want you to think about this priority about this woman with child, okay? So now notice it says here that the day should not overtake you as a thief. He said, Because why? He said because we're not of darkness. You see? So we follow the light, the light of Yahshua, you see. So, now, let's keep that in mind. Let's keep it in mind what we're talking about here, okay? So, now, let's go to one more passage. Okay, our 2 Thessalonians. Now, this one, going to get a little deep here, the second Thessalonians passage, okay? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, okay? Now, I want you to listen carefully to this language. Listen to the language here, okay? Now, this is the writing of Shaul, what the Christians call Paul, okay? He says, verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our master Yahshua, the Mashiach, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Yahshua is at hand. Okay? Let no man deceive you by any means, For that day shall not come except there come a fall in their way first and a man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, listen to that language there. What does that tell you about what the early believers believed in? Huh? What does that language tell you? Think about what he's saying there. He said, first of all, he's talking about our gathering together unto him. He had to tell them, what? Hey, y'all, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He had to say what to them? He had to say, that day ain't going to come except they be falling away first, Mm y'all. Why did he have to tell them that? Because they were walking in
3: the right righteousness
1: back then. No, because some people were believing that Yahshua had possibly had came and taken away some of them. Isn't that amazing? It's in the language. So Paul had the to literally tell, hey, y'all, wait a minute, wait a minute. That day ain't going to come yet, except there come what first? A falling away got to come first. The man of sin got to be revealed. The son of perdition. All of these things got to come first. So that's why he starts off and he says, what? He says, what? That ye be not soon shaken in mind or trouble. Don't be troubled, y'all. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Because obviously some believers at the Thessalonian church were shaken by no doubt someone must have been telling them that it's quite possible that Yeshua had already came and then got some of the believers. <laughs> you see the language? Mm-hmm. Because the language right there alone, too, they said, don't be shaken in your mind. Don't be troubled, neither by spirit nor by letter or anything to come from us. Because that day ain't going to come yet, Mm y'all. It ain't going to come yet. Except there be a falling away from So look for these other signs first. When the son, man of sin, get revealed and all that. Then, you'll know it's the day. It's the time. You see? So that's another point I want to bring out. That language there lets you know that they obviously had a belief that Yah's people could be possibly caught up out of here. So now, let's cover uh, where there's more scriptures to confirm this. Okay? Now, like I said, I got a scripture. I'm going to show you this. I got uh, scriptures that I want to show you that's going to confirm exactly what I'm talking about here. Let's go to the 12th chapter of Revelations. Revelation chapter 12. Now, this passage here is very deep. Oh, my goodness. This is deep. As a matter of fact, um, I had actually um, had the fast at one time when I was fasting because I was trying to get understanding. I was going back and forth with, with um, um, debating uh, different sides of the um, so-called rapture, the c- catching away. <coughs> and I did much fasting during this particular time, trying to get an understanding as to uh, what was going to um, um, Come to pass in the future So I came across this passage here And this thing opened up to me a, a, An understanding So I want you to, to read this Okay, This is Revelation chapter 12 um, Mama I'm going to have you read Verse 1 Through
4: 5 A great sign appeared in heaven A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to His throne.
1: Okay. Now, <clears throat> now. You remember the scripture I told you remember? The one we were talking about. Where it spoke about in Thessalonians. And it made mention. It says. um, I'll read it to you. It says. When they cry peace and safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail of a woman with child. Hmm. And they shall not escape. Okay, now this travailing of this woman with child, this is what it's talking about here. This is the same woman and the same child that it's referring to. Now, let's look at what's going on here. He says, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And her head, a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child, cried travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. Okay, so now Here's this woman that's pregnant About to give birth to a child Okay, she's about to give birth To this child Her giving birth to this child Is the mark Of something uh, in time That's going to take place Keep that in mind Her giving birth to this child Is when is actually going to mark a, a passage in our time A time um, frame So to speak Okay, so now let's look at this now. It says, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And his tail grew, drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So now, picture this. We're talking about a dragon. Okay. Now, right away, when you look at this story, what comes to your mind about the son? Who is the son? Yahshua. Right away, that comes to your mind because you say, oh, that's Mary, about to give birth to Yahshua, <laughs> right? And this dragon is about to devour her child, Herod. okay? Right, and you think about Herod there, right? Herod the king, right? That's, what, that's actually what the Christians believe this passage is, okay? But I'm gonna prove to you that it's much more than that. Okay? I'll tell you why. Because Revelations is what? What is Revelations? It's a book of prophecy. At the time John got this prophecy, it was for the future, not for the past. So this isn't about Yahshua, because everybody already knew that Yahshua was born and they knew about Herod. That's right. So this isn't about Yashua and Herod. It's about Yahshua in a sense, but it's not about Herod. Herod isn't the dragon. I'll prove to you who the dragon is because he tells you who the dragon is. Okay? So now... Okay. So now... <clears throat> listen to what it says here. So, she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and And her child was caught up unto Yah, unto Yah, unto his throne. So soon as she gave birth to this child, what happens to the child? As soon as it was born, it was caught up to the throne of Yahshua, to the throne of Yah. Okay? Man child was born, caught up. So the dragon didn't get a chance to get get this man child, right? Okay, now, let's keep reading. Verse 6. I'm going to read from there. Okay, it says, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she have a place prepared for her, and there, and they, and that they should feed her there, a thousand two hundred and threescore days. That's that's three and a half years, okay. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his arch, archangels fought against this dragon, okay. And the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And that great dragon was cast out. Now, who was this great dragon that was cast out? What does it say there? That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Mm-hmm. Ah! So then the dragon that was there to devour her child was Satan that it was referring to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, notice here it calls him an old serpent. Mm-hmm. That old serpent. The same one that was in the garden. Same serpent that was in the garden. But now, what's the difference between them now? And then? into a
3: dragon.
1: He then evolved into a dragon. Now, I'm going to explain to you what that's about. Okay. When Satan was in the, in the garden, there were no kingdoms.
2: hmm
1: There were no kingdoms on the planet. Okay. Now, look at Satan here. He's a dragon. What did it say about this dragon? It said that this dragon, red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. These are kingdoms and nations. Mm-hmm. This is a prophecy of that will take place in the last days. At the time when Satan will have all of these kingdoms Amen. under him. That's right. These kingdoms are the last days. He where he's a all these heads and everything. So instead of a little serpent, now he's a great dragon. This is a prophecy of the future. Okay. Yeah. So now, this great dragon, he was cast out of heaven. Why did he go up there in the first place? Because he was angry. Why was he angry? Because the man-child escaped him. He was there to devour that man-child, and that man-child got up out of here and was caught up out of there. So he said, okay, I know where the man-child is going. I'm going to go up there to get this man-child. So he goes up into heaven and encounters a fight against Michael and the archangels. Now, I want you to look at this This here. Let's keep looking at it now. Now, what does the scripture say here? Let's look at verse 11. It says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Who overcame him? Why is it saying They?
2: My saints. Huh? Isn't that, isn't
1: that funny? They overcame him. Let's go back. Let's look a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Okay? First, it talks about how Satan fought against these, against the angels in heaven. And what did he go up there for? To get that man child, right? But what happened? And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God or our Elohim and the power of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Which accused them before our Elohim day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The day, Isn't that funny? I went from uh, he that was born. Mm-hmm. And now it's talking about they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> went from he that was called up to heaven. Now it's referring to them as they overcame him. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Okay. So now let's keep looking at this. Rejoice ye heaven and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For Satan for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth but he had but a short time. So now after he gets into this battle see the man child gets caught up and the woman goes where? She goes off into the wilderness to be fed. Okay, for how long? Three and a half years. So now he knows he got but what? A short time. Okay, he has but a short time. How long? Okay, because three and a half years had already went by. See, the battle and, and um, the, the woman is being fed three and a half years. So now Satan knows he got but what? A little season. So now let's look at this little season that he has. What does he do? He comes down to the earth with great wrath. And he said, so now let's look at this time of Yahshua, the day of the day of of the Mashiach, the day of Yah that's gonna come upon the earth, right? It's a day of Yah's wrath, and it's also a time of whose wrath? Satan's wrath. Two wraths are gonna go on in this time. Satan is gonna pour his wrath out on Yah's people, and Yah is gonna pour his wrath out on who?
2: Satan's people.
1: Satan's (laughs) people. Isn't that amazing? Two, both of those are going to be going on. So now, what happens when the dragon comes down and he tries to fight against this woman? It says, and when in verse 13, and when the dragon saw that he was cast on to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. You see that? So this woman is going to get persecuted, and brought forth the man child, and the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. That she might fly into the wilderness. Oh, that's a catching away. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? Mm-hmm. They're going to get caught up. So when Satan tries to pour this wrath out on this woman, the Most High is going to take her. If he's going to actually catch her away into the wilderness, away from Satan. Now let's keep reading. Where she is nourished for time. Times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. Sounds like more times. See, this is the same time, times and a half a time that is spoken of in the book of Daniel. It's in the book of Daniel. Okay. Now, let's look at that now. And the serpent casts out of his mouth a flood after the woman. So as the Most High casts her up and takes her to the wilderness, right? To feed and to take care of her. What happens? Satan finds her. And then he comes after her. He causes a flood like a tsunami. To come against this woman. Okay. And what happens? It says the earth. The most high caused the earth to open up. And help this woman. And it swallowed up the flood. That's verse 16. Mine is a little faded here. But it says the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened up her mouth. And swallowed up the flood. Which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Now. What happens to the dragon now? So the dragon gets even more wroth, right? And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of Yah and have the testimony of Yahshua. Now, this is another remnant, someone totally different than the woman, someone totally different than the man-child that was a he and then it had changed to a they, okay? So now I'm going to reveal to you what the Most has showed me in this, okay? So now let's look at this. This man child that was caught up is actually the body of Yahshua. (laughs) So it's not just Yahshua. It's Yahshua and the body of Yahshua referring to his set-apart believers that have received the set-apart Ruach and they are walking in the truth. That's who these are. These are actually the bride that the scripture spoke of that was going to go to where? The marriage supper of the Lamb. You see? Now, I got proof. I want you to look at this scripture here, okay? Now, let's turn to Revelations. I want you to look at this scripture here. Let's go to Revelations. Uh, I think it's chapter... Here. here,
2: let him go on and take her out of here. Go ahead, ma'am. You brought it on yourself.
1: You brought it on yourself. Come on, y'all. You brought it on me. yourself.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> See you next time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, turn to Revelations chapter 2. And we're going to look at the light, I'm gonna let you read this. Okay. You're gonna read verse 26 and 27.
3: And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father.
1: Now <laughs> it goes back to that passage now. So now think about it when I said that it's not just Yahshua, it's those that are his bride also. He says, just like I received from my father, they're going to receive it too. Receive what? What did it say about the man child? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 12 again. What did it say about the man child? In verse 5, mama, you read verse 5. No, Eli, I'll let you know. You keep, you keep where you are. Mama, you read verse 5. Chapter twelve, verse
4: five. And he gave birth. Is that right? Yeah. And he gave birth to a son. And she. she I mean, and she gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to Yah and to His throne. Okay,
1: now, so what's what the man child? What did it say that this man child? Was to rule all nations With a rod of iron Right What did he say here back in chapter 2 Verse 27 And He says he did overcome it. What did he say I will give power over the nations And he shall rule them with what A rod of iron Same scripture Rule them with a rod of iron So it's not just referring to who Yahshua is referring to His people that overcomes too What's going to happen to them they're gonna get caught up before Yah's throne. That's right, right to Yah's throne. So it's not just Yahshua; it's also his people. Okay. So now, now that we've uncovered that, so now let's look at look more into this now. Okay. Now. So now we know who the man-child is in Revelations. So right at the time that the man-child inclusive, because it started with Yahshua. That's why the scripture says. Yahshua was what? What did the scripture call him? The firstborn of among, many brethren. Of many brethren. <laughs> he calls us his brethren. Isn't that something? He's the firstborn of many brethren. So we're all included in him. Those that have the ruach, the set ruach, ruach, because it got to be according to the, um, the, 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 the the five wise virgins, the five brides. So we can't Forget that, okay? Because the five other five were foolish; they couldn't go. You see, they can't—they couldn't go with him when he showed up. So now, let's dig a little bit more into this. So now we know who the man-child is, and we know how we're going to rule also with the ride around. That's what—that's what, that's what um, Shaul Paul was talking about, anyway. When he said you couldn't judge this, he said, "Don't you know that we're going to judge nations?" That's what Shaul was talking about. We're going to judge nations. He said, how is it you can't judge this little matter here? Put this man away from y'all. He was talking about a a fornicator in the church, basically. Put this man away from y'all. You know, you can't judge this simple matter. Don't you know we're going to judge kingdoms? How about that? (laughs) Now, let's look at this now. Let's go to, okay. Now, one more thing I want you to look at that I want to bring to your attention um, one of the reasons why a lot of people are against the pre-tribulation rapture or catching, or catching away okay, is because it has such a Christian origin and we talked about it, that in the first um, video um, that it actually um, started in the scriptures caught away is in the scriptures there's nowhere around it because they call it the rapture there ain't no reason to throw caught away completely out of the scriptures in the scriptures. How many catching away will there be? I don't know. Scripture doesn't let you know that all of them are actually written in the scriptures. It could be a few of them in the scriptures. Matter of fact, um, one of the things that most post-caught-away believers say is that they don't believe that there's anything like a secret catching away. And most of them say secret rapture. Okay, Secret catching away. Well, um, if if Paul hadn't have said that he was caught up to the third heaven or that he knew of this person that was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was him, whether he was in the body, he couldn't tell or out of the body. Nevertheless, if he hadn't told no one, guess what? It would have been a secret, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about Philip? If the writer of Acts hadn't have told us that Philip was caught up when he was dealing with the eunuch. And it says he was caught up and taken away from the eunuch when he came up out of the water. After he baptized and the eunuch looked for him and he was gone. Mm-hmm. Huh? Who would have been able to testify to that other than the eunuch? So Philip must have told someone. You see? Again, you have Eli- Elijah. You have um, Enoch. Uh, Enoch. Exactly. There's no telling how many catching away. You got the two um Witnesses that the scripture talks about in Revelations are gonna get caught up after they get up. Anybody's gonna lay dead in the street, then they're gonna get up and float right on up into the kingdom. So it's no telling how many people or or how many times the most high can do this and will do this. That's according to him. Okay. He says, I'm gonna get that woman what great wings of an eagle. So she's gonna be just taken up out of there with great wings of an eagle. Okay, now. One passage I want to bring to your mind is this here. I want you to think about this here. Because this kind of shows you the personality of Yahshua and how he is. Okay? Now, let's turn to John chapter 7. This I'm going to close with this one. And Eli, I want you to read verse 16 through 14. I'm sorry, verse 6 through 14. Chapter 7, verse 6 through 14.
3: And Yeshua said to him, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go, up, go ye up into this peace, for I go not up yet into this peace, for my time is not yet full come. And he had said these words unto them, he, stole, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then when he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as if it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast, and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. Albeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now about the midst of the feast, Yahshua went up into the temple top, and taught. Okay, Jews...
1: that's good. Now, I want you to look at this passage for a reason, okay? This was a feast that came about. on uh, The Feast of Tabernacles was at hand, okay? And they were about to have this Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I find it strange because I have a feeling that this is one of those spiritual things that we talked about, that's spiritually discerned. But let's look at this, right? He told them, my time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. <clears throat> so he said, be ready. Your time is always ready. You better be ready. Always be ready. That's why he always say, watch and pray. Be ready. Watch and pray and be ready. Be ready for what? What are you watching and praying for? What exactly is he telling you to watch and pray for? He's telling you that because he says, I come as a thief. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ain't that what he said? He said, I come as a thief.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, how did he come to the feast? He told them, though, no, y'all going up to the feast. You know? As if he wasn't even going to show up. So when the apostles went up to the feast, then later at his own time, Nobody knew the time he was going to show up. Then all of a sudden he did what? He shows up at the feast in secret. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Did you hear that? It said in secret he showed up at the feast like a thief. Did you hear that? Like a thief in the night he shows up. You see? Mm -hmm. That's why he says your time is you better be ready. You better go on up to that feast and be ready You better be waiting on me Mm -hmm. You better be ready for me When that time come Mm -hmm. You better not be like those foolish virgins Who didn't have their lamps trimmed Who didn't have the extra oil In their vessels Who didn't have the name of Yah sealed In their foreheads You better not be like these foolish virgins Don't be foolish Because that door gonna get shut And you gonna miss out You hear what I'm saying That door gonna get shut So you better receive this, you see, because it's going to be just like that. You see, we got to always be ready. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I'm going to say Shalom.
2: Shalom.
0: having a giveaway in honor of a year of scriptural study. And since we are so happy to hear our listeners participate in our scriptural study, we are giving away a SIFA Bible worth $110 plus tax. This giveaway is open to all listeners and the requirements to enter are to send me an email at this is one word cliff note the letter q the letter n the letter a at yahoo.com number one introduce yourself number two let me know how i'm doing and number three tell me how you are benefiting from this program you can be as short are as detailed as you want. And you can also enter more than once. The winner of the drawing will be announced on June 18th, 2022, that's the Sabbath. Thank you for being a part of our platform and good luck.